This is the Cine Snob Podcast. Hi there. Welcome to episode 243 of the Cine Snob Podcast. I'm Jared Kingery. I'm Cody Viafania. And it's been, what, like a month since we've done one of these, Cody? It's been a... Something like that. It seems like everything, and I don't, I don't recall this happening before. It seems like everything this past, this year took August off. Like there wasn't, like there were hardly any new movies, at least, yeah. in, I mean, big movies, but. And, but uh, this, we're entering kind of like the dead zone in the movie, which is like post-summer, pre, you know, like Oscar season where we're in a bit of a dead spot right now. Even though, even though you're talking about August, it, it, there were no real blockbusters opening. I think Bullet Train was the biggest opening. Yeah, which we talked about. Yeah, we did. Um, all those weeks ago. Mm-hmm. But it, it is weird. It, it seems like there's always been something relatively big to, to garner like that last bit of attention. Because I think Guardians of the Galaxy opened in August, whatever, seven, eight years ago, something like that. Yeah, it's a weird time. It's a weird time. Mm-hmm. I mean, then, of course, there's a new movie on Netflix every week that I saw someone post a, uh, a, a tweet about some brand new Queen Latifah uh, ludicrous movie that they had no idea existed, that I would have had no idea existed except for that tweet. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I anyway. have no idea what that is. I don't either. But anyway, um, what we did uh, get this past week, uh, some announcements like that segue, this announcement for... Uh, New uh, Disney slash Marvel films at the D23 Expo. Uh, Cody, I think uh, one of the the biggest things to come out of this for me uh, immediately was that they're making a sequel to Inside Out, uh, the Pixar film Inside Out, and that uh, Bill Hader and Mindy Kaling won't be reprising their roles uh, due to money. Did you see this? I didn't see that part of it. I saw the Inside Out sequel part. Yeah, uh, and I don't remember uh, specifically what parts they played. Uh, they were part of the emotions in the head of the main character, but uh, it's it's uh, it's kind of crazy that they're not shelling out money for these actors to come back for a sequel to what was a pretty big hit and what's a really critically lauded film, one that I wasn't terribly fond of. Um, but uh, I think the other uh, the other big announcement was all the Marvel stuff that's happening. Uh, we have a uh, uh, a list of the cast of the uh, Thunderbolts, which is one of those things that I think you mentioned that's coming like full circle TV to film mm-hmm. uh, with Wyatt Russell playing uh, U.S. agent. That you have uh, uh, Julia Julia Louis Dreyfus as um, what is her name? Something like Allegra, uh, the Contessa. I don't know exactly what the character is, but she's yeah. popped up, popped up at the end of Black Widow and in um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. But you also have Florence Pugh as um, Yelena from uh, Black Widow and also Hawkeye. Uh, you have the character Ghost from Ant Man and Wasp, which I'd forgotten about that at all. I'd forgotten no. about that character. I saw I saw that on the cast and I thought and I was like, what is this? Is this from a TV show? And it said Ant Man and the Wasp. I'm like, no idea. No I'd recollection. For- yeah, I'd forgotten um I actually liked that movie and I'd forgotten a lot about it. Uh you also have uh the Taskmaster from the uh Black Widow series. Uh and you have uh David Harbour yeah. uh coming back from Black Widow. Sorry, I meant uh uh, uh Taskmaster from Black Widow, and yeah, then Black- David Harbour from Black Widow, a character which I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, that's uh, that's probably the biggest announcement. There's also uh, um, a uh, there was a a sneak peek at the Marvels, a movie that um, bringing together Captain Marvel, uh, Monica Rambeau, and then uh, the Ms. Marvel character from the TV show, which I still haven't finished. Um, what else? What else, Cody? Oh, the first look at the Little Mermaid, the live oh, action yeah. Little Mermaid. Did you see that clip? Yeah, I saw that. I uh... I really hope they're going to give it another pass to like actually make it look like she's underwater. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't know. It's give it that Aquaman technology. Didn't the Aquaman actually look pretty good? Aquaman did. I remember. Uh, I I don't remember anything about it, uh, other than. 
uh, Patrick Wilson just sort of going for it. I do love that that Disney doesn't seem to be deterred by none of these live action movies being any good. <laughs> just turn, just turn <laughs> away, no matter what, like like quality be damned. They're they're going for it. I didn't watch Pinocchio, um, but I haven't heard good things. I haven't either. Yeah. Um, there are other ones that I like. Oh, the, the speaking of, of terrible live action movies, they announced uh, the prequel to The Lion King called Mufasa. Oh, that's the Barry Jenkins one, right? Yes, that really. Um, man, I don't know. I, that's I like Barry Jenkins as a director, but that was just some lifeless horseshit. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Lion King. Did you ever watch that? I did not. I, th- you're talking about the Favreau. The Lion Favreau King? Lion King. I yeah. never saw it. No. Um, I we I watched it on a plane. Uh, and it was not it was not enjoyable, um, but I'm curious if th- maybe they'll be- give it a little more life because it, it at least with the Favreau stuff the, with the Jungle Book and uh, uh, the Lion King it's it's been focused on being like photorealistic as opposed to actually dynamic and interesting. So I don't I don't know what to expect from the Barry Jenkins uh, this Barry Jenkins uh, Barry Jenkins as a director because. What was it? Was Mo- Moonlight wasn't his last movie? What was his no, last movie? No, it was uh, Beale, from Beale Street. Um, oh yeah, yeah. If Beale Street could talk. If, yeah, Beale Street could talk. Yeah. Um. Anyway, oh another another one that's uh, that's getting a lot of um, a lot of uh, crazy, strange reaction. <laughs> There's a a movie based on the Wishing Star. Oh yeah. It's called Wish. Oh uh, God, they're running which, out of ideas. Which is apparently the star in the logo for Disney, uh, and it, it's also kind of the what brings Pinocchio to life. Um, very, very interesting um, IP decisions going on here. Um, one of the most, uh, I think, one of the the most kind of delightful um, announcements, and something I hadn't really realized uh, looking back is. They're actually going to restore a lost song to a Muppet Christmas Carol hmm. um, and stream it on Disney Plus. Because apparently, and this was not uh, something I had knowledge of until the, yesterday when I read the news, that there was this song that was cut out of the Muppet Christmas Carol, like the film version, but it was restored for home video, but has never been released in high definition. Hmm. So uh, they're bringing that back. Um all in all, lots of uh, lots of Marvel TV shows and uh, weird IP stuff. Uh, the first look at Indiana Jones Five, mm-hmm. apparently, um, and then uh, what else? Uh, another look at uh, B- Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. Um, just that Matt Shankman will be directing Fantastic Four. No cast announcement or anything. Uh, Willow, uh, new footage from Willow for uh, Disney Plus. Lots of IP mining going on at D23, but anything that stood yeah. out to you as interesting? No, I mean, I think the the Wish movie, I think, is a little bit baffling. Uh, <laughs> and, and, like, again, Disney knows how to make themselves an easy target with shit like that, which is, like, like no, like who wants that? Who's clamoring for that movie? You know, who's always been like, hmm, I wonder the origin of the wishing stuff. Like, who cares? I am uh, a little disenchanted by, uh, speaking of disenchanted, oh, yeah. that's, that's another else. announcement. Uh, I never saw Enchanted, did you? No, I haven't seen it. Um, I, I am disenchanted that, that Pixar is going back to the well again for Inside Out. Yeah, I don't know why they can't leave well enough alone. I mean, I know why they can't leave well enough alone is money, but uh, well, I don't know. I mean, I've I've been disenchanted with Pixar just in general the last like five years or so. Um, I think they've been um, more like sub Pixar, uh, kind of like uh, subpar. Sub Pixar. Sub Pixar. Oh, that's that's a go. good punch up. Um, Thank you. But yeah, um, I, I just you know. Uh, the thing about it is that like it's it's weird because you get torn between this thing of being like well i wish they wouldn't go back to the well for this but also if they're not going to the well they're doing some shitty high concept thing that like that's too complicated to understand for its own good and and then you know it's like some sort of like back to basics original story would really serve them well i think uh yeah and i mean uh 
like Lightyear is is the most recent film. Um, I never did watch Turning Red. I heard lots of good things about Turning Red. Um, and then Soul before that. Uh, it just Luca it's too. Oh, Luca was Luca was all right uh, for a Call Me by Your Name uh, light reboot. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't man. I don't know. I just I can't get on board with an Inside Out two just because it's like it doesn't feel like one of those things that should have a sequel mm-hmm. um i don't know i'm not the target audience i guess for pixar even though every adult that i know that's mildly into film will be ravished by what happens um you know uh but hey we're only uh uh 20 uh, 19 days out from hocus pocus 2 so uh there is that to look forward to. I know to. you're looking forward to that. Man, uh, did we talk about Hocus Pocus before? I've never seen it, but you have talked about your thoughts on it. Yeah, well, I'm, my wife was a fan of the first, and it, man, I watched it, we watched it a couple years ago, and it is it is a bad, bad movie. <laughs> I'm wondering if they'll do anything to make this sequel any better, but at any rate. Yeah. Uh, anything else before we move on, Cody? <laughs> nope. <laughs> all right, you, go, you all right over there? Uh, Post COVID, I'm yeah, well, I'm working well, through it. Well, uh, good luck with your long COVID over there. So thank you. Let's go ahead and move on to reviews. Here are this week's reviews. First up, we have Barbarian. Yeah. Sorry, who are you? What? Who are you? This is 476 Barbary, right? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I think so. You don't know? No. I don't live here. I'm renting this place. It's the middle of the night. I don't have it on top of my head, the address. No, I'm renting this place. What? Are you sure you have the right place? Yeah, I booked it like a month ago. This is unbelievable. What am I supposed to do? I don't know. I don't know. Why don't you why don't you come inside and we'll call these idiots. So this is a horror film uh, from uh, director Zach Kreger, who uh, was a member of the comedy troupe Whitest Kids You Know. Not 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 a uh, comedy troupe whose work I was familiar with whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, I do know that. Uh, would you would you call him like the leader of the of the troupe? Trevor Moore mm-hmm. who, was he is it last year he died yeah I think it was last year it's just a crazy accident in his backyard but um is Zach Kreger um is the writer director of this film they uh, did Miss March together yeah that. that was the one thing that I have kind of in the heyday of those uh like raunchy sex comedies yeah yeah boobs and butts and sex like, drive and uh, yeah Sex Drive is actually really clever if you ever watch it. Um, but yeah, I don't know that I try that I saw Miss March. Anyway, um, the the premise here, that's what you get here at the beginning, is uh, basically two people get booked, double booked at this Airbnb. And uh, it kind of goes from there into this, di- discovering this mystery about this house. But mm-hmm. uh, Cody, tell us about the movie and what you thought of it. Yeah, so this is a pretty under-the-radar movie that started gaining like a ton of buzz throughout the week as it started um, being screened for critics. And, you know, the number one thing that you'll see if you see people talking about it is, you know, don't read anything before you see it, don't look into anything or something like that. So I'm, I'm going to keep it kind of light on spoilers because I, I kind of do think that um, that that's kind of maybe the best policy here. But yeah, you get this intro premise of like um, of of these of this girl goes to the um, this this Airbnb and it's booked by this by another guy and they and they decide to share the Airbnb and it's you know it's a it's a, I don't think it's too much of a spoiler to say that that's a bit of like a, a misdirection um, uh, uh, in terms of what ends up happening. But you know, I think you know with the movie, there's 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 not only does it like play its like cards really close to the vest, but th- this movie unfolds in a way that I think kind of is to its detriment in that 
I, I'm, I'm, and I think the easiest way to say this without any spoilers is that the the narrative sort of like resets itself a couple of times um, as you're watching it, and so you kind of like get some answers or get closer to something, and then and then the the, the narrative or the plot or whatever resets. And so mm-hmm. I think what happens, in my opinion, is that the movie ends up starting to like it's kind of like writes it into a corner where now this thing has to be like really significant or really important. The answers have to be like mind blowing or like, you know, all of the burden is going to be put on, well, what's actually happening here. And the thing that's happening is just like weird. (laughs) Like, I mean, it's, 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 it's not really anything beyond just being weird. And, um, you know, I I, tr- I tried to scrape high and low for social commentary here, and I just I just kind of struggled finding anything with any kind of meat on the bones in terms of, you know, could this be representing something deeper that can like provide more meaning beyond weird? Um, and I struggled with that, and so, you know, what what ends up happening is that you it, it becomes like a bit of, for me a bit of a frustrating experience because like. Then it's a very it's a it's a clear narrative choice to do what they do in terms of resetting everything and providing different um, you know perspectives, and I think it's just to this degree to push the mystery out further, and then I just wish the reveal was better, um, and and so for me it, it ends up being a little bit underwhelming. I mean I think that Justin Long's care I think Justin Long is really fun in the movie and I and I like his performance and his character is a piece of shit but but i I, I like his (laughs) he gets some great lines yeah yeah his dedication to it also it has this weird horror movie thing of like um of like characters acting and doing like the most ridiculous unbelievable shit especially in the main the main female protagonist here like continues to do things that (laughs) that puts herself directly in danger um i disagree with that a little bit I mean, I, at I one feel like, point she says nope at something and then does it anyway. Like, true, true. I, I feel like, yeah, she's a little more savvy than normal, I think. I, I get your point, though. She's savvy, but she continues to have, like, a connection to something uh, further than herself, I guess is what I'm like, her own safety, self-interest kind of thing. Yeah. And I guess you I mean, I guess you could call that, like, a character design, but also... Um, you know, in in playing into the sort of um, craziness of the situation, it's kind of hard to believe. But anyway, you know, I, I think again, without giving too much away, I it, it you know the disturbing pieces are certainly disturbing. But you know, I think it just puts way too many way too many of the eggs in this basket of oh, we're gonna hit you with this like big reveal and we're gonna make you wait for it. And then when it gets there, for me, it just it just kind of did not land the way that I was hoping it would as the movie builds it up to be. So I thought this was okay, um, but nothing special. Yeah, you know, um, after seeing the buzz online about it and um, going in completely cold, having no idea what was even happening, um, you know, it it hits you right away with uh, Bill uh, Skarsgård, who's... You know, if you know anything about horror movies, he's he's Pennywise from the It films. So immediately you're suspicious, but then the movie kind of circumvents that, um, subverts the what you're expecting to happen, um, and then, like you said, resets um, and drops you in the middle of another narrative. Which the only two things I can I can, the only thing I can connect those two with is, um, I I mean, and this is kind of an old horror movie. It just like terrible things happening to women. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know that it really pays off though. Like it feels like, you know, here's, here's this terrible things that are happening to women. Right. And here's this character in Justin Long, who is clearly a terrible person, a piece of shit. Um, I don't know that he ever really gets a, or, or that anybody ever really gets a comeuppance from it. Like, there's just a lot of weird that comes from it. If that's the theme that they're going for, and I feel like it is, and maybe maybe I'm ruined by Jordan Peele and and anything else that that feels like it has to have some sort of message. Well, I, not to interrupt, but I think the the design of his character almost makes you feel like it has to have some kind of message exactly. behind it just because of like the circumstances of what his character is going through. Yeah, like you're he's introduced um 
the way he's introduced is he's a horrible piece of shit. Right. Um, and, you know, the, you want to see him get his comeuppance, and I don't know that it ever happens. Um, and then, like, the third reset that happens, or the second reset that happens, that, that kind of leads into the third act, I don't really understand what the point of it is, other than to be sort of vaguely creepy. Right. Um, you know, I think the first, uh, you know, first half of this movie, I don't know, first 30, 45 minutes, however long before you get to that first reset, I think is genuinely, like, disorienting. Like, you have no idea what's going to happen. Um, and then it gets, I think by the time uh, Justin Long's character gets fully drawn into the story, you're kind of, you're kind of clear on what's happening uh, just in a general sense. And then when you get to the why of it, I just, like you said, I don't think there's any real meat on the bones as to the why. Right. Um, you know, I don't think it's a bad movie. It's just, I feel like it's trying to say something and it doesn't quite connect those dots. Well, no, especially when you start getting into like, like, um, like the, like what's going on with the, well, I guess we'll just say like the antagonist of the movie. I just like, I don't understand (sighs) like what that's all about. Like it's messed up, but like, again, is there some sort of metaphor or meaning there? Or is it just again, weird for the sake of being weird? And again, maybe this is, uh, I, I, I guess, um, what would you call it? Um, u- user error, um, and I'm just like not yeah. picking up on something here. But but because of that, again, like I said, like I mean, it it really makes you wait mm-hmm. to figure out what's going on. And I feel like if again, if you're going to do that, it's got to be worth it. Like it it really has to be worth it. And I don't think, and I think ultimately that that hinges of like like what I think of the movie as a whole. I mean, I think you know, like putting together the pieces of it, I think it's well made. I think there's a lot of really good tension that's going on. I think there's interesting, it's shot interestingly. I think the performances are good. But like I said, I think it writes itself into a corner where that payoff has to be really, really good because you're waiting like what? Like over an hour probably to finally put the pieces together? Yeah, and uh, you know, it, it's also got some, some in the meantime, some ins- not terribly uh, edgy stuff, but some stuff that that has a little bit of bite to it. Like you have the worst cops in the world mm-hmm. uh, at one point in the movie, just terrible. T- and not like, I mean, well, I wouldn't say worst cops in the world, but most ineffectual cops in the world. Um, you've got, um, you know, uh, some some commentary on what Justin Long's character is 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 alleged to and pretty much admits to have done do a, admits to doing um and then you get the the kind of i think at the beginning like the real tension of what a a, a real woman would do put into this situation where she's forced to kind of share this airbnb with a guy she doesn't know um but then at the end like the end <laughs> your our antagonist gains some crazy superhuman powers uh, that were previously not hinted at. Um, I, I don't know. It. it I feel. I feel like it. It doesn't. Like you said, the buildup doesn't. Doesn't uh, make the the payoff doesn't make the buildup worth it. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm kind of puzzled by the just the overwhelmingly positive reaction to this movie. Me too. I don't um, get it. I, 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 and it's, it's like effusive praise. People love it. I People know. Say yeah. It's great. People say it's amazing. And it's like, well, I mean, I don't, I, I just, I, I didn't see it. I mean, again, it's not bad by any means, but also like, um, like again, if it's just like weird to be weird, you got to get to that quicker. You got to get to it quicker if it's just going to be weird. And that's and it. You, and that's going to be it. And if you're going to have a message, it's got to, it's almost got to hit you over the head. Like I'm, I can't I can't deal with any more of these horror movies that kind of pitter patter around some big message. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't like I I don't again to going back to nope I don't get what the fuck the message was. Like I don't get it. I don't get what you were. I mean, because clearly, clearly, this is trying for something. I don't think this is trying as hard as something like nope was. Yeah. But it's still like what what are we saying here? What's the point here? And, and at the same time, the other thing, the thing with Nope, though, is that there's stuff in Nope that you can chew on 
Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's like you know there's the spectacle of it. It looks beautiful. It's 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 like you can get caught up in in like the entertaining on the surface level, but here again, like 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 it the thing that that I think is a little bit frustrating is that it draws the tension in and then releases it, and so again, uh, if you're if you're doing that. You know, again, it's like okay, well, if you're gonna if you're gonna like put all this work in to 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 create a tense moment and then leave it, that's a, it's a confident movie. I'll say that it's very uh-huh. confidently made, but um, but I think it it takes those risks and for me doesn't pay off with anything that's meaningful or significant. Yeah, what's your grade for Barbarian, Cody? Well, like I said, I the whole thing hinges on does it work as a whole, and I don't think that it does, and so for that reason, I give it a C plus. It's a very strong C plus though, because I think, you know, had it been a little bit more clear in its in its like messaging, I think it could have very easily made it into a recommendable B minus, but it just it just falls a little flat for me. Yeah, same here. I just don't feel like it it ever really completes like the story that it's trying to tell. I feel like there's like these chunks that that are mashed together that don't you know, cohere into something I I don't know. I again, like you said, maybe I'll admit it might be user error. I might not be getting it. Um, but I sat there and I laughed at Justin Long looking up square footage on a <laughs> on his computer when he finds this, you know, terrible dungeon in his home. But uh, you know, other than other than kind of the obvious um, weirdness, I, I just don't feel like there's anything else there. Anyway, let's go ahead and move on to our next movie, Clerks 3. Can't catch my breath, man. Really? Should I try mouth stuff? What is this, a Tinder date? Get off of me. Uh, oh, shit. Mr. Dante! I need an ambulance at the quick stop. Saved my life, man. Wish I had a life worth saving. What are you talking about? Sit around and watch the same movies over and over. I always thought you could have made a cool movie. You're right. I'm living on borrowed time. No more watching movies. I'm gonna make a movie! What's the movie going to be about? It's about him working here. Meta. Everything in the script is something either me or someone I know said. I'm not even supposed to be here today. Maybe Jay and Silent Bob could be characters. Jay and Silent Bob are like C-3PO and R2-D2. They've been here since the first movie, which was the last time they were cool. But they've been with the franchise so long, they still give them cameos and put them on the lunchboxes. Snoochie Booches! Please tell me So this is, of course, Clerks 3. Um, the latest film from Kevin Smith, uh, not technically, if you're watching this today on Sunday, uh, not technically in theaters yet, but it's coming, is it this week, 13th through 18th, I believe? 13th through 18th, it should be showing at least once a day in multiple theaters. So um, this is kind of the, this, this is the model that Kevin Smith's been using, I think since, um, it, at least since Yoga Hosers, his last three films. Mm-hmm. Um, have been fathom events where you have to like they're not traditional releases um <laughs> we've talked a lot about kevin smith on this show we never rev- we didn't talk about jay and silent bob reboot on this show did we i think we did i f- i can't remember doing I'm it i'm pretty sure that we did well uh i know we talked yoga hosers and <laughs> uh tusk two movies that we violently violently <laughs> hated yeah. um and jay and silent bob reboot i was like eh, this is fine enough comfort food to watch on a it was like a winter afternoon i think i watched it um anyway this is uh his first real big return to clerks since clerks 2 we've the characters have popped up here and there Mm -hmm. um obviously uh, sorry his through the view askew universe since clerks 2 uh jay and silent bob reboot was sort of in that vein um anyway we watched this like a month ago (laughs) Uh, and the embargo lifted the other day but uh cody tell us about clerks three and what you thought of it yeah so i mean as you've mentioned uh and and it's this is important to note because i think both of us are sort of like lapsed kevin smith fans where you know there was a point in time where i'm sure both of us i can only speak for me but i think you would agree that you would consider kevin smith and i consider kevin smith one of my favorite filmmakers oh yeah i mean you're talking clerks small rats chasing amy like those those three Mm -hmm. like got me that i mean i in no small part like were hugely influential in what i decided to do with my life like Mm -hmm. i mean career wise i mean i'm not talking like they you know 
not in a in a personal sense, but in like, hey, I, I filmmaking looks fun if you can just be make it about conversations between people, which I yeah. think is not to interrupt you, sorry, but that's no, 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 that was a huge strong suit of it. Like, you can just film like you can make a movie about people talking about things. Yeah, well, I mean, it 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 wasn't influential professionally for me, but it was influential on my taste in movies. In that, like, you know, when you know, I when I watched these in high school, when I first started getting into movies for real. You know, one of the thing that I still want out of anything in any movie is good dialogue, a good script, and characters just talking to each other, and and that is something that that like really stuck with me early on. Seeing, you know, in particular, chasing Amy, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, uh, you know, where where that movie, I just it's just so well written, and and yeah, and so you know, and and then you know, the, the career started to take a turn. And, you know, these last few movies have been like the, you know, the range of emotions for me watching them is like indifference with Jay and Silent Bob reboot and like visceral anger with, with <laughs> Tusk and Yoga Hosers where like, you know, it was one of those things where with, you know, with Tusk, it's something where it's like, you know, like, like it's literally contempt for the audience playing this clip at the end of them yeah. laughing about the idea. And it's like, haha, you just watched a movie that we made out of a dumb idea on a podcast uh-huh. and then yoga hosers is just like irredeemable garbage <laughs> just a real terrible man i i can't remember i i feel like i hated tusk more because it's got that scene with michael parks that <laughs> that, I, that i sent to you the other day michael parks and johnny depp just having just this terrible like six minute scene together and it's so so bad I do Yoga Hosers is a worse movie, but I think Tusk made me more angry. Yeah, I, that's that's totally fair, and uh, and I think I probably agree with you. Um, <laughs> and so and so he, here we are getting to Clerks three, and I actually liked Clerks two a lot. Um, I did too. I, saw, I did too. I, I saw Clerks two. That was what like two thousand seven or eight. I think it's two thousand six. Oh wow! So yeah, I was still in yeah. high school, and. Um, and I liked it. You know, I think it was a great, it, you know, it felt like going back to Dante and Randall and it put them in a new setting and added some characters that were interesting and it didn't feel like a retread. It felt like something new and different and it explored friendship as it as it kind of progressed through time and feeling like getting stuck and like, you know, um, not, I mean, I guess it, that was kind of like middle-aged. I think it was because they were both, I think in that movie, like in their 40s, right? No, no, no. I mean, I mean, they're supposed to be like pushing 50 in this movie. So that Clerks 2, they would have been in their 30s. Oh, I thought it, I thought it was like early 40s, but um, yeah, but or, or late 30s, early 40, 40s. Um, anyway, um, so you know, it gets back to that universe for the first time, and I think you know, it's one of those things where I, I, I just, um the problem that I have with Kevin Smith, there's a couple of them in these, in these more recent movies. And I think the first one is his audience is shrinking down by design on his end to like just the people who are still around from the first go from like the, from clerks on who have not become disenchanted with him. Right. (laughs) And that's essentially who he's making these movies for at this point. It's not for anyone else. If you didn't like anything he's done in the last five years, you're not going to like this. I think period. If you feel like, if you feel like Kevin Smith has fallen off, you may like this. I don't know. I, 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 there's the, the reviews are mixed, but I, I, you know, it's one of those things where like, again, the, the the audience is so narrow with it and it's because he's created this like insular universe where everything in clerks three feels like a joke that has been done or a version of something that has been done before and it's not like cute subtle winks and nods and references there are parts of this movie where they just redo clerks or they just like reference stories from clerks not even in a funny way just sort of like a referential way talking about things and so the audience is like oh i remember that and then like that's how you're supposed to like you know act throughout the entirety of the movie so like the the scope feels so narrow and it just feels so lazy in this movie to just be retreading this ground and again like i said it's not done in any new ways it's not like going to see a band play like a new arrangement of a song you love (laughs) it's the same fucking note for note thing you heard 25 years ago and it just it just drove me a little nuts that 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 that's what he was 
you know, it's it's entirely based on that. I think the setup of the movie is fine. I think that this idea that um, that Kevin Smith is is sort of like um, you know coping with and dealing with his brush with death. And look, uh, the, the other complaint I had about Kevin Smith stuff is that it's maudlin. And look, he's you know he's he's going through something where he almost died and he's coped with that and made a love letter to his daughter with Jay and Silent Bob reboot and now kind of like exploring his career and, and, and his like mortality and stuff with this one. I get it. It's fine. Uh, it's just maudlin as shit, which we'll get to. In a <laughs> but, um, but, but uh, back to what I was saying, you know, I like this, this idea that, you know, Randall has a heart attack and he has a brush with death and then it makes him realize that he hasn't done anything with his life. And he decides that he wants to make a movie based on, their life and experience you know whatever fine that's fine <laughs> the middle act of the movie where they remake clerks could not stand it uh I, I i became very very annoyed by it um now throughout this you have these 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 like scenes and moments of dante and randall dealing with their friendship and um and then uh and then I, i'm going to spoil a couple of things here um okay uh, 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 uh there's a character from the previous movie who is who has died and and I actually it's in the first it's in the first five minutes the of the movies. So so Rosaria Dawson's character Becky from Clerks Two, uh, it's revealed that she died during childbirth, right? And no no no, it was a car accident. Oh, it was she car was pregnant in the in the yeah both the baby and her yeah died. That's right. Um, uh, it's been a month. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but but and so this actually gives Brian O'Halloran like the best like acting meet. Uh, of of the entire movie and i think he's really great i think brian o'halloran is like the mvp by far of this movie he's really acting his ass off given the circumstances um and then it gets to the third act where where uh something happens that uh not to spoil anything it's another retread by the way uh if, if we're coming to this theme of like of, of like Kevin Smith retreading, he retreads himself in his own movie, which is interesting. Which part? I'm I'm confused as to what you're talking about now. I'll put it in the chat. Okay. Um. Uh, let's see. Because because I I'm I'm struggling to to remind to think about what it was that you, what it is that that's a retread. Oh, uh, what's that a retread of? This is this is fascinating for listeners and viewers, viewers but uh, <laughs> oh, well, okay, I, I I would call that more of a callback, but sure. Okay, well, sure. Okay, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, a, a strange coincidence. Uh-huh. Well, okay, yeah, and, and so and so, um, and, and and it's in this moment where Kevin Smith hits peak maudlin, and in, right. in a scene that unfolds where. I literally, to my TV, out loud, with, with no one around me, said, fuck you. <laughs> and, <laughs> and that was my, and that it was where I just kind of like pulled the plug. And, and it was in that moment that I realized, I think I might be done with Kevin Smith. Um, you know, if, if, if he has a movie that's like easily accessible and I can watch it at home or, you know, whatever. But like, we know that now, after this past week, that Tusk 2 is on the way. <laughs> and I'm just like, I can't do it anymore. I just I, can't. I, I would, can't do it. You know how many times a part two of something from his has been on the way? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, Mallrats 2 was apparently in the can. I mean, if you believe any of this yeah. shit, was, like, ready to go. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but So, anyway, let me just wrap finish. this up. So, so again, for me, it is, it is, it is the type of filmmaking where, one— it's made for like the group of people who have been like viewers universe fans since the beginning. And it's all fan service. That's all this is. It's just one big pot of fan service right? with all the cameos that you would expect, all of these references. But like I said, I just think that it's really, really lazy filmmaking to not make something more clever out of referencing this stuff. And it's just, it's just so like straightforward. Um, retreading that i just and by the way too you know this movie is ostensibly a love letter to filmmaking Mm -hmm. something he already did in Mm -hmm. zach and mary make a porno if you if you swap porno with independent film you got the same thing no i know And, and that's um 
you know, if I had to have the biggest, my biggest complaint is that like this story has already been told. Mm-hmm. Uh, the story about like this ragtag group of people coming together to make a movie. He already did it. Mm-hmm. And I like Zach and Miri fine. I like uh, it a lot. Um, it, 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 it maybe I haven't revisited it in a while. At the time, it felt a little uh, like it was aping Apatow uh, style, and I'm probably no small part due to uh, Seth Rogen and and uh, Elizabeth Banks being the stars. Um, you know, but I thought that had uh, uh, some good elements. Like I like Jeff Anderson a lot in that movie, uh, in a smaller role. I think that was his last movie before Clerks Three, yeah. if, whenever Zach and Miri came out. Um, that said. You know, after having suffered through, I don't remember shit about Jay and Silent Bob reboot other than it looked ugly as hell. <laughs> um, and that's another thing that that's that's really been disheartening with this because Kevin Smith still gets directing gigs. Like he's directed a bunch of CW stuff, mm-hmm. um, like just as director for hire. I don't know why or how his personal style fell off so much. Um, other than just not giving one single shit about anything anymore. Uh, I don't even know, because uh, the last time we talked, he was doing podcasts like daily. I haven't followed along. Is he still doing that? Oh, I don't know if he's doing it daily anymore, because Smodcast used to be a daily thing, and I don't yeah. I think, I think Smodcast stopped, if I'm not mistaken, and now he does like, I don't know. I mean, I, I have not paid attention. I never was a Smodcast I tried listening a few times and it was, I, I, I love, look, I love hearing him talk. And I think he's a great, like, it's weird because he seems like an otherwise, like, really great entertainer, like, in, in storytelling, um, like, storytelling-wise. Like, some of the, f- the biggest laughs I've ever had are listening to him do commentaries on his old movies. Oh, yeah. Like, like the Jersey Girl take it or leave it i probably talked about this before the commentary with him and, and ben affleck is fucking gold like it's some of the funniest shit i've ever listened to and maybe maybe 20 years later i'm i might be a little different um but goddamn, uh he sucks now at putting together a cohesive cohesive story that like the maudlin stuff i get and i'm gonna be honest the third act of this movie is what i liked the best because I think it finds a little bit of a nugget of of a story that it should have been the entire time is like the stress of this lifelong friendship. Sure. Um, and the idea that that Dante has been going through this terrible morning and all he's had to do, uh, and, and this is like, if you want to even harken back to it's non-canon, uh, the clerk's cartoon just like being put upon by not just the world, but by Randall yeah, and their friendship with Randall. Look, and I the, mean, he, he, Oh, I'm sorry. Continue. In the no, 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 go, 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 go ahead. Well, I was just going to say the, that is the best part of the movie, right? Yeah. And I'm not talking about like the maudlin stuff that follows. I'm talking about the lead up to that, where mm-hmm. it is about not only the stress of like carrying Randall for 50 years, but also how Randall has been oblivious to Dante's, mm-hmm grief like that's really interesting stuff and it's and it's and it's the best part of the movie and like i said when you're talking about brian o'halloran acting his ass off in the in the scene in like the like the peak uh uh like i guess uh climax scene he's great and i and uh, to your point i wish there was more of that because that's the movie i don't mm-hmm. need to see fucking clerks get <laughs> shot for shot remake why Look, do I, I, why do i need that right and and that's to take it or leave it there's some funny stuff in that uh here and there um like uh, the the scene where they all have to leave so jay can do his shit uh that was funny to me i i actually really like jay and Silent bob in this movie i think they have some really funny lines um but uh like yeah remaking clerks that takes up a lot of the movie and we've seen it already the beginning of the movie i i don't mind the setup it's full of stupid shit um, as soon as Justin Long appears talking funny, I'm like, fuck me, man. This is going to be, this is going to be terrible. But then Amy Sedaris comes in and just anchors that shit. But she has to deliver this, like this long scene as though she doesn't know anything about the Mandalorian. 
mm-hmm. which you're like, ha ha, I get it. She's in the show, and Randall's telling her about the Mandalorian. Ha ha ha, I get it. Fuck, man, stop. But yeah, once it, it gets, go ahead. Well, I mean, it also sells. I think Elias really short too as a character, which was a really great breakout character of Clerks too. And then he's just stuck in this like fucking cryptocurrency sat- sat- the, Satanist. Story the cryptocurrency line. stuff is stupid. That's <laughs> dumb. That was clearly made when it was at the height. Clearly, the movie was made when this was at the height of the public consciousness. I do like that he's like broken to this like crazy Satanism thing. Um, I, I thought that was fun. Uh, because that was a character I was like, man, I don't want to see this again because it was <laughs> too stupid. Um, you know, it settled, like I said, it settles down a little bit after that first act and then just kind of goes through the motions of remaking Clerks. And it feels like not everybody could be on set at the same time because you got a lot of reverse shots mm-hmm. that don't feature. Like, like every time Randall and Dante are talking like across the counter, I'm like, well, clearly they couldn't be there at the same time. Um, but yeah, then it gets to that third act and you're like, oh shit, this is what it should have been about. Cause the first movie is, um, you know, there, there's, there's the big comeuppance or the big, not comeuppance, but climax, uh, at the end where, 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 uh, Randall blames Dante, like Dante's trying to blame the world for his problems and Randall calls him out on it. Then this is kind of the reverse of that a little bit. That that Randall's been been kind of the the one who's been bitching this whole time about the, how terrible his life is, and Dante's going through some real shit. And like, holy shit, this thing found a nugget of like what it would be like to be this in this close of its proximity to the, your lifelong friend for this fucking long, who's ignoring your grief. And again, like you said, that's exactly what this movie should have been. And, and then that it, like five minutes on it. <laughs> yeah, and then but the, it finally finds it, and I'm like fuck, he finally found what this movie should have been about the entire time, and I think it ends like there's there's a bunch of modeling shit at the end. I think there's some funny, like genuine comedy stuff at the end, um, that I that I forgave the the everything else that I didn't like about the movie. I didn't hate the movie. This isn't one of the this isn't a yoga hoser situation. This isn't a, a tusk situation. Um, this isn't a Jay and Silent Bob reboot situation where I was indifferent to it. I actually ended up liking this movie more than I didn't like it. Um, it is diehard. It is for the diehard fans. Like, you know, you get cameos that you expect, like uh, Ben Affleck showing up for, you know, five, five seconds here and there. Uh, all of the impractical jokers (laughs) for some reason, um, uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar and Freddie Prinze Jr. Um, um the the woman who played supergirl um and then somebody else from one of the cw shows i don't know who uh fred armison for some reason um yeah i mean look is it good is it a good is it a is it a return to form absolutely not but is it but one of the best movies he's made in the past five years i guess yeah by default sure (laughs) Uh, ringing endorsement <laughs> but i think it's i think it has some genuine moments in it that that most of these other ones didn't have yeah uh but by the way i want to look I, just to remind you uh so we did cover jay and silent bob reboot and can you care to guess just venture a guess to the other two movies we covered on that show oh man oh uh i actually remember because i remember seeing it at the movie theater so was it it chapter two no 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 it's two movies both you and I really loved. Oh. Oh well. Uh. uh oh. Um. Um. Mass. No. So here, it's uh. You're thinking way too soon. Okay. Um. That that show, Jane saw about reboot, Parasite. Oh. And Doctor Sleep. Oh wow. Wow. Doctor Sleep. Fuck. That was it. Because I remember I was at a theater and after a screening I went to go watch. Uh, Jay and Silent Bob reboot. I think I did too. I yeah. believe I did too. Because that was, it was 2019. Because mm-hmm. I remember uh, Rise of Skywalker was playing and I stole some posters from the lobby to try to sell them because I fucking hated that movie. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, uh, no, no, no. That, that's right. Because I remember I saw I saw the Doctor Sleep screening and then went right into yeah. reboot. Yeah. Um, what I a don't double remember... feature that we both did. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was coming off the high of do- really loving Doctor Sleep. Yeah. And then, um, anyway, so just going back to my point like it does feel like at the very end of this all 
it kind of wrapped up the story for me in a satisfying way. I don't think all the steps along the way were there, but I feel like, you know, as someone who would call myself having grown up from my teenage years to now on Kevin Smith movies and, and absolutely loving those first three and really liking dogma um, and really seeing like with Jay and silent Bob strike back. Like, I think I sent you, did I send you the goodwill hunting scene? Mm -hmm. Or like, Mm -hmm. fuck man, that's like a really well put together scene. Whatever you think of that movie, I think ultimately that movie doesn't work as well as it should, but goddamn, that goodwill hunting sequel scene is so funny like and so well done and looks gorgeous mm-hmm. um it's just like it's it's so baffling to me that he can't or is unwilling to even try that hard anymore yeah like cuz clearly he's still able to make movies like he but he cannot put together a low budget movie well when you say try that hard that's why i th- that's why i consider his filmmaking to be especially with these last two movies very very lazy yeah. And and I and I and it's 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 all low hanging fruit. It is the lowest of the low hanging fruit. It's all fan service. It's easy to do. And then again, you you slip into a nugget of something that's actually interesting and you spend maybe 5 minutes on it. Yeah, and it seems to have been found by accident. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, like cuz it's all dumb fucking jokes. It's fine. Like I mean, I I don't know that we can I, like clerks two kind of got away from the idea that it was these two guys like you know i i i was assumed they were 20s like early 20s uh because it was co- they were supposed to be in college like like dante's was supposed to go back to school blah, blah, well, blah. I, I think clerks two in, introduces this idea of like randall feeling like their friendship is threatened by dante being in a relationship yeah and and potentially moving right that's the whole thing is that he's gonna he's move gonna to move florida. to florida yeah and and so he and so randall is like you know actively fighting against uh losing his friend um but yeah yeah anyway what is your grade for clerks three so i mentioned that there's the visceral anger end of, <laughs> of the kevin and, uh, smith spectrum and it got me there uh, it's it's just the, the third act again the the maudlin piece of it I just hated so 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 much, and um, and uh, and I hated the circumstances in which it got you there. Um, I, I think that there are pockets of goodness, especially with Brian O'Halloran. God bless him; he's doing really great work here. Um, but again, <laughs> it's this it's this really lazy insular world where um, you know it's it's just it's and, and again if if he's just gonna content to like make self-referential movies for his fans for, from now until the end of time that's fine but i'm tapping out uh, so you s- i feel like you might have said that before you might yeah. have said that after I'm, i might movie. have but 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 like but now not even the askew universe can pull me back in so uh, i would hope it's done i think it i probably would hope is. so um, um although again like you know the mall rats too is always a threat brawl what was it a mall brats mall brats the- yeah it's supposed to be about their kids i think <laughs> well i think everybody was like on board at one point yeah like even uh shannon doherty mm-hmm. uh who i i assume is maybe doing better she had cancer yeah. I, I know uh yeah anyway um but yeah a, a grade uh c minus c minus wow uh i'm gonna go with a b minus because man this thing f- like for all its faults for all of its dumb shit, it finally, finally hits on that thing at the end where it gave me a good feeling wrapping it up. Like, it gave me, like, like it didn't give me the send-off I, I would have wanted for these characters all these years ago, but I think it gave me more than I was ever expecting based on the, the shit that's been pumped out by Kevin Smith. Um, also, can I just say... God bless Kevin Smith for sticking with with Brian O'Halloran and Jeff Anderson through all these years, despite their obvious shortcomings. Yeah, like like look, you you say Brian O'Halloran is doing good work here. He's doing pretty good. I think he's doing as best as he can. Uh, Jeff Anderson has always been better to me. Um, I didn't care for him in this movie. I feel like he may be a little too rusty. Um, but yeah, um, I don't know. There, there's something about the end that got me, even past the maudlin shit. 
Yeah. Um, at any rate, uh, this movie is going to be, uh, like we said at the beginning, uh, released in theaters, uh, I think at least once per day through Fathom Events. Uh, and then Kevin Smith is taking it on a tour mm-hmm. um, where he'll be in attendance, which is something I would like to see. Just because, like I said, I like I think he's a good uh, like speaker publicly. And get your $30 movies. I did do the movies last year. Um they reviewed was, uh they reviewed uh, movies on Doughboys uh and uh and it's a great episode. It was um it was it was not I mean it was nothing special. Um you could get a lot of autographed merch though if that's your thing. I did get yeah. an autographed Kevin Smith poster and I got a t-shirt, so. Nice. Um anyway, uh that's going to do it for this week. Next week Cody, we got a busy week if we choose so choose to to cover everything yeah so we'll see what we end up doing i think at minimum we'll be covering confess fletch mm-hmm. uh the um also a, a former uh sort of a former kevin smith project that never came to fruition a fletch right. a fletch movie that was at one point it's going to star jason, jason lee, lee and then yeah. at some point uh ben affleck so i would have loved to see jason lee as fletch i think that would have really worked but yeah that that and man, that would have been the time for it because I I yeah. feel like this movie, like seeing the trailer, I'm like, oh yeah, John Hamm uh, and uh, but, uh, yeah, John but getting, Slattery. Yeah, getting uh, Jason Lee on the My Name Is Earl uh, like come up would have been pretty nice. He seems to have dropped off the face of the earth and content to just do photography now. Yeah, like I don't. I haven't seen him in anything and in, in since reboot. He was in reboot, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. But I mean, he um, was a uh, he. I mean, my name is Earl was huge, yeah, for a while. Um, anyway, yeah, he was supposed to do a, a movie called Fletch One, which was one of the the novels. This is a different novel, mm-hmm. but uh, that would have been the time to do it because, like, I feel like this movie is a relic of that era <laughs> from yeah. seeing the trailer. But because I think it's coming out in theaters and on on demand or only on demand. It's both. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and then we've got some other stuff that we can cover or not cover. Um, you know, the woman King opens next week, which has some decent buzz around it. There's uh, see how they run, which is like a, uh, like a, um, a whodunit that's coming out with like Sam Rockwell and a couple mm-hmm. other people. So we'll see. Well, um, I think we're both kind of morbidly curious about confess Fletch because, <coughs> um, I, uh, it has, like one of the worst trailers I've ever seen. Like if you watch that trailer, like something is super off about it. Like the comedic timing doesn't doesn't work at all. It just seems like it's either like a really really poorly cut together trailer, or this movie's going to be very very bad. Yeah, and it's uh, it's from director Greg Matola who did uh, uh, Super Bad, and then I think Adventureland. I yeah. love Adventureland. What was his most recent movie? Uh, looks Gosh. like he. Uh, Paul was his most. Re- oh, and a clear. He did the, that clear history TV movie that Oof. I never saw. It was I heard was really bad. bad. But he did Paul, Adventureland, and Super Bad all that's back good, to back. That's a good trio. That's a good run. Paul's not. He's, Paul's not the best, but I like Paul. Fine. He did. Uh, he directed some episodes of the Newsroom. Um, oh, he did Keeping Up with the Joneses. Man, so he's been. Uh, he's been all over John Hamm in the last uh, <laughs> decade. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then, oh, he did he did some episodes of Dave, a show I've never watched, but I've heard great things about. Same. Um, anyway, uh, all right. If you want to reach us, you can email us at podcast at cinesnob.net. Find us on Twitter at Cinesnob, Facebook Cinesnobnet, uh, YouTube.com slash Cinesnob. Cody, are you still doing the ramble? That's yeah, I've been, out, I've been out recently with um, a variety of ailments, but uh, it, it's still around. Ramble uh, radio on Tuesdays and Fridays, regular ramble on Wednesdays. That inverted penis thing, I know, inverted. kept you out. Oh yes, I yeah. had to uh, in uh, reinvert it. <laughs> uh, extrovert it. I don't know Ex- how you yeah. say that. Concave it. You put it? Your, uh, I haven't gotten that yet. Really? Damn it! I, well, I don't know. I have a box I haven't opened. Oh, that's probably what's in that box. To, uh, is that your first pop vinyl? My Funko you, Pop. Yeah, Funko Pop. That's what I should say. No, I have all of the. Uh, I have a bunch of Ghost of uh, Funko. Oh, that's right. I forget. Uh, you this is my that. first like giant one. I don't know what to do with it. Well, it's the little. It's a normal size pop, but it's got that big cover. Yeah, it's got like a full size magazine cover, and it's in a display case too. Oh, nice! So you could actually take it out of the box if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. 
I have a bunch some I have a bunch around here. I'm reorganizing this mess, but my the some of the favorite weird ones I have are uh uh Dale Doback and Brennan Huff, the Step Brothers. Oh Anchor. yeah. By the I way, have, tried to uh-huh. tried to watch Step Brothers on uh True TV the other day. We was watching an Impractical Jokers rerun mm-hmm. and uh it's censored to hell and it's unwatchable. Oh, I mean, I don't even bother with that anymore. It's, you know, like there's some stations like FX will basically air a full movie um, unedited um, or like Comedy Central sometimes. But like if you're watching just like non like one of those like really lax channels, it's unwatchable. I mean, it's just yeah. it cut, and it not only because like it's not just losing cursing, but you're losing the joke in almost all of it. Yeah. Well, like it. it yeah, it's I was like. Because my wife has never seen Step Brothers, which I know oh, wow. is something something that I have to remedy. I was like, "Oh, let's watch it," because it was just on, and like I had to turn it off because it was just too too hacked to shit. And it's funny because like True TV, like the Impractical Jokers will say shit and ass and like asshole, and but then they cut it out of this movie. It's so weird. Anyway, all right. Uh, <laughs> anything else before we go, Cody? Nope. I think we're good. All right, on that note, I am Jared Kingery. I'm Cody Viafania. Thank you for listening to the Cine Snob Podcast. To read reviews, interviews, and more, visit cinesnob.net. See you next week.